Remain standing, please. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, page 1172, if you have a King James Schofield Bible. Thank God for His grace this morning. Amen. That is grace. We'd have no need in being here this morning. Acts 16, we'll begin in verse 23. Acts 16, verse 23 through 25. 25 will be our text verse this morning. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Father, thank you, Lord, this morning for the privilege to be in your house on this beautiful Lord's Day. God, thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's yes. here, the guests that have come this way. And God, yes. I ask, Lord, you just bless each and every one for being in their place this morning, dear God. And Lord, you anoint our pastor afresh and help him as he stands to deliver the message that you have for us. And God, give us the hearts, the minds, and the ears to receive what you have for us. Apply it to our hearts and our lives, Lord. Well, if there's one here lost and undone this morning, Lord, we pray you'd touch that heart, convict them, Lord, oh, yes. that come to know Christ and free pardon of sin. And God will give you the glory and honor for all that you do here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. It is our great pleasure to have Abigail Joe Neely. Is that correct? All right. T.J. Thompson. Um... Gentry, Gentry, is that the way you pronounce that? Gentry, Carrie, Carrie, okay. Brittany Held, I'm going to go back to school and learn to read. Amen. Thank you again for being here. We appreciate you being here today. Verse number 25 again, if you have your Bible. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. With the help of God this morning, I'm going to preach on praising God in the midnight hour. Praising God. I didn't dictate the song this morning, but my, how God seems to put things together. Amen? When you take your Bible, you look in Acts chapter number 16. The Word of God opens with Lydia coming to accept Jesus Christ as her Savior. Verse 14 certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened as she attended unto things which were spoken of Paul. I love this. No sooner, no sooner had lost people become come saved and accepted Jesus that Satan begins to work to hinder what's going on. If you know anything about your Bible, or even in this day, midnight always speaks to a time of darkness. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, Any fool can sing in the day. Someone has said, It's easy to sing when we read the notes by daylight. But a skillful singer is one who can sing when there's not a ray of light to read by. Song in the night comes only from God, and there are not... In the power of men. Midnight is a time of several things. One, it's a time of depravity. Most crimes, and this is statistics, most crimes happen 
in the midnight hour. It's a time of danger. Most violent acts, it's amazing, happen in the midnight hour. It's a time of despair. More people commit suicide in the midnight hour than any other time. But it's a time of the devil realizing he's a prince and the ruler of the darkness. But you know, midnight can mean something else. It can mean this. It can be the beginning of a new day. Amen. I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 35. For his anger endureth for a moment in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen. I like that. If we choose to serve God, we need to understand there's something about that midnight hour. But I'm glad to report to you this morning, hallelujah. I serve a God that's not only the God of the midnight, but He's the God of the midday. He's not only God when it's the darkest, I'm glad He's God when it's light. He's God not only on the mountain, but praise God, He's God in the valley. I love this. Praise He's a God when the, when the, when the, when the sea is still, but He's a God in the middle of the storm as well. He's God in the good times. Are you listening? Well, some of you need this message today. He'll help you. Some of you need this message desperately today. He'll help you. God's got something for you this morning if you don't miss it. He is God in the good times. He's still God in the bad times. Hallelujah. This morning, He's God when you're on top side. He's God when you're on bottom side. Amen. He's God when you're up. He's God when you're down. Five different times in the Bible, we read about a midnight. You'll find it was in midnight when the angel said to a group of Jews, Daddy, get you a lamb. And take that lamb and, and put it up and... And then you, on a certain day, you, you cut his throat and collect the blood. And you take the blood and you put it on the, on the doorpost and on the lintels across the top. And in the midnight when the angel comes through, when he sees the blood, he'll pass over you. Amen. Boys, in the midnight, he was in the midnight when Ruth, whenever she realized old Boaz loved her, it's in the midnight she went, and this is a strange custom to us. It would be strange to us, but it wasn't to them. And in the midnight, while he has done had supper and been threshing wheat all day, she goes and she lays, she gets up underneath the covers at his feet. And he wakes up and he said, Who's that down there? She said, It's Ruth. And what she was asking was, Boaz, Will you redeem me? Will you redeem me? Hey, Boaz, will you revive me back? No, Boaz said, you've been a better Christian than I have. And that day he started the process of redeeming her. May I say the next midnight we find when there are ten virgins, there's five foolish and there's five wise. And the five wise have oil in their lamps, but the five foolish don't. And the cry of the groom comes. Don't miss this. I'm not so sure we're not real good and close to that cry. I'm not sure. I, I got a hunch we're probably closer than you could ever imagine. But in the midnight, the cry came. Five that had the oil went in, 
But the five foolish was left on the outside because they had no oil. And all being a type of the Holy Ghost to God and God entering in, moving in. It was in midnight. Paul stood as all hope had gone and the stars wasn't shining and they had thrown four anchors out of the ship and they're in the middle of the most catastrophic storm can be thought of. And it was in the midnight Paul stepped up and said, Hey boys, you shouldn't have sailed. I told you you shouldn't have done that. But he said, But there stood by me this night somebody that said, We're going to be all right. He said, We'll get this. Now you're going to lose the ship. Don't, don't miss it. You're going to lose the ship, but we're going to be all right. He's in the midnight hour. May I remind you, it's in the midnight hour that God gave His greatest deliverances. And we find in this text, here we are again. I'm going to give you three things this morning. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If, you. if you'll get the second one, it could change your life. Are you listening? If you get the second point, it can move you out of the kindergarten of Christianity and move you into the first grade. And trust me, we need to move to another grade. You can't stay in, a, you can't stay in kindergarten. You've been saved 25 years. Time to get out of kindergarten. You look funny in there at that little bitty desk. You don't look right there. Amen. And so this morning, may I say first of all, point number one. Are you listening? Are you listening? Point number one. The reality of midnight. The reality of midnight. All you young people looking at me, looking at me. We're, we're, we're looking at everything in the world this morning. Everybody's doing everything in the world this morning. I got a message, amen. I was up late last night of praying. Bless God, that's how the courtesy to listen, all right? Amen, let's just do that. Let's do right. Young man, I want you to look at me. The reality of midnight. Number one, he was accused by the godless. That Paul and them are going to pray. And all of a sudden, there's a demonized girl. She's saying, Y'all be listening to them. Hey, them boys is preachers of them. Them's God's men. Y'all be listening to them. Everything they're saying is sounding right. Do you understand the devil can tell you something that's right so he can feed you the lie that's coming next? This little demonized girl, she's talking the right talk. These men are the servants of the Most High God who show us the way of salvation. Man, she sounds right. She sounds like she's the, 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 the crowd applauding what they're doing. But the truth of the matter was, she's full of devils and she made money for her masters. She could tell fortunes. And don't, don't let this mess you up. But by everything I've been able to read, she could do that. So she had enough satanic power to be able to tell the future and, and, and tell that, that kind of stuff. But it sounds good, but no something. Satan may speak to you the truth one minute, but the next minute tell you a lie because he's a father of lies. And they, he turned... 
Paul finally got fed up with that mess. He turned and he said, Hey, get out of her. Then she couldn't tell the fortunes no more. And they started losing money. Do you understand this morning? The love of money is the root of all evil. Did you hear what I said? The love of money. Not money. It's a tangible object. The love of it's the root of all evil. And they, they lost their ability. Not only they're accused by the godless, but they're assaulted by the group. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. They're literally beaten because they're doing right. But this crowd literally, literally attacked them, jerked their clothes off, and beat them. And we, get, we, we fall all to pieces if we don't get our way. We'll get there in a minute. Number three, they was arrested by the government. And when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. The reality of the midnight hour was they was literally, they was literally arrested by the government. Don't kid yourself. I'm not so sure we're not pretty close to that as well. I don't know at what point this government's not going to step in and start arresting preachers. And don't you think you're going to get out of it? I'm going to tell them, they're all with me. I'm going to give them your names and your phone numbers and your addresses. They're going to come get you too, so you better pray they don't come get me. Amen? I wouldn't buy myself. But in the midnight hour, don't miss this. In the midnight hour, this midnight hour was assigned by God. Boy, this is where we mess up. This right here is where Christianity needs to grow up a little bit. There's a generation that says this. If you serve God, you'll never have a trial or trouble you'll never face. A midnight hour. Ain't one problem with that. What if God wants you to have a midnight hour? What if God chooses a midnight hour for you? I remember I went in for a test at the hospital. One of them colon things, you know. And the nurse came in and she started putting IV. She asked me what I'd done and I was telling her... And all of a sudden, this lady just started telling me all about the things in her life and all these issues. And, and, I, and I sat there and I got to thinking, I'm getting my... Honey, we'll talk about your problems. Pay attention to what you're doing. It's my arm you're sticking in there, you know. And, uh, but anyway, I, I, I was able to spend some time with her. And, and, and helped her, seen her a, a time later, and she's still serving God. She made some good choices in life. I said she made some good choices in life. She made some good choices in life. And I thought many times if my, my ordeal through that wasn't just for the fact of helping that young lady. Sometimes the storms, however, come because of our disobedience. Don't miss this. That, we, don't, we don't have to pretend we don't know truth. We, we, can't, we can't claim ignorance here. 
We can't claim I didn't know. Nobody told me. Let me help every one of you. If I can get folks with the help, if God can get you, not me, if God can get you to do three things in your Christian life, you'll, you'll, you'll make it. Number one, if God can get you here, faithful. Faithful. Greatest answer to every marriage, every home, every family, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, be faithful. God will give you more during this time of preaching than I can do in a hundred counseling sessions. Because He's giving me a message and I have no idea what you need, but He does. If I can get you to believe God, trust God enough to be honest with Him in tithing 10%, I ain't going to say you're not going to have a challenge financially, but it's probably going to be more on how you budget your money, not in God's blessing. Assigned by God. Why I find this. But sometimes, storms come, the, the midnight hour comes because we're just doing right. We're loving God, we're faithful, we're serving, we're doing, we're doing the best of our knowledge what is right. And God says, I've got a midnight hour. Paul and Silas needed to come through this prison. Now, now this is it. Now wake up, pay attention. If you miss everything else I preach, don't miss this. Number one, the reality of the midnight hour. Are you listening? Number two, responding in the midnight hour. You and I are not going to change a midnight hour, but we can decide how we're going to respond in it. Did you hear what I said? You're not going to change a midnight hour coming. But you can decide this morning how you're going to respond in that midnight hour. I believe with all my heart this may be the greatest truth that our church needs this morning. It's not that we're going to Go around the midnight hour. But what do we do? How do we respond in the midnight hour? How are we going to respond in it? How are we going to, how are we going to act in it? What are we going to do in it? Now I say, first of all, there was a response of the captives, Paul and Silas. It may, it may be the greatest truth you'll ever get. Notice how they responded. Number one, but I, but I got to ask you a question. And if you can get, if you can get graveyard honest here, it, it may change your life. Are you listening? Is everybody listening? I don't think about half of you are paying a bit of attention this morning. We need to listen. Do you complain about everything? 
Do you see what's wrong? But rarely see what's right? Do you? Do you? When things are not exactly right, do you hunt the wrong? And then worse yet, do you hunt somebody to spread it? You say, why are you asking those questions? Because here's the reason I'm asking the question. How you respond every day is going to dictate how you respond in the midnight hour. How you respond day in and day out is going to dictate how you respond when the midnight hour comes. They're beating. They're putting stocks. They're not complaining. They're not whining. They prayed. And they didn't pray God kill them. They didn't pray that. They didn't pray God kill them. Let me have a hand in it. They didn't pray that. They're not complaining. They're not belly aching. And how we respond may very well be the greatest, the greatest, the greatest thing this morning that we can learn as a church. I ain't gonna lie to you. Boy, this can kind of hit right between the eyes of preparing this. May I say, first of all, they were positive. They were positive. It wasn't negative. They were positive. I mean, they, they didn't fuss. They, didn't, they weren't cussing the people that, that, that beat them. They weren't bellying and complaining. My God in heaven, everything's bad. Everything's wrong. I can't. They didn't do none of that stuff. They were very positive about what was going on. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about an attitude. I'm talking about an attitude. Perhaps... Some of your children are going to die and burn in hell because of the negativity of our attitude that says we know Jesus and they don't want to be like us. Oh my goodness. God challenges us this morning. They were positive. They weren't complaining. I mean, it's amazing. Boy, I tell you, that's the reason I rarely watch news. The reason I don't watch news is this. If they didn't have bad news, they wouldn't be no news. Ain't that right? My God, we get the attitude of Fox News and this is bad and that's bad and this is bad and that's bad. And the truth of the matter is, we all woke up this morning. Go look in the mirror. We ain't starving. Say amen. Bless God, we got better clothes than we need. We drive better vehicles we need. We got so much to be thankful for. But we're complaining and grumbling. God give you the strength this morning. Some of them, all we can do is complain about that job. When bless God, God give you strength to get up and go to work. 
Right, you got to complain. Oh my goodness. It's amazing how negative complaining people. I'm amazed. If we got 150 people here this morning and we had just two negative people, they'd find one another. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. If we had a thousand people and we had two negative people, they'd find each other. Well, I'll tell you what, I start trying blast God thinks this is so bad. Ten cars in the driveway, bought the motorcycle. I <laughs> just think this is so bad. New cars out of the airport. New clothes on. <laughs> it's just so bad. I just I, it's happened. It's happened. I love this. Only band kids. As a band stood behind us. He, it's God honest what he said. He said, No, I'm, I'm failing college. I don't need a job. And, I, and I'm thinking, you're failing college, but you don't need a job. You better get a job because you're going to have to go to work. I'm unreal. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing. But your youngins are healthy this morning. Nobody's down at Levine's or, or the Jude Cancer Center. Nobody's over there with an 8 or 10 year old kid that's got cancer and they're doing all they can to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah. My God in heaven, they stayed positive. Paul starts praying. And I got to believe this. He starts praying. You say, what did he pray? The Bible don't tell us, but I'll tell you what I think he prayed. And, and I'm probably, my thinking is probably better than yours. And so you just take what I think and we'll just go down the road with it. How's that? I'll tell you what I think he prayed. I think Paul and Silas are in stocks from feet pound. Their backs have been beaten. It's bloody. It's cold, it's dirty, it's dingy, it's dark. I believe Paul prayed, Lord, it sure hurts. But Lord, we'd just like to take a moment and thank you that we was worthy of being beat for your cause. My God, God, you've been so good to me. You saved me on Damascus Road. I was ready for hell and Going there as hard as I could, but you saved me by your marvelous grace. And God, I just want to thank you about that time. God shifted in and said, I like that. I wonder sometimes if God don't get so sick and tired, tired and sick of our complaining, our belly and our negativity. When he's blessed us over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I wonder sometimes if he doesn't. Notice how they responded. Not only was he positive, but they were praying. They were praying. Let me stop right here and just say this. Paul and Silas prayed. Now, I don't think, I, I can't prove this. The Bible doesn't tell us how they done it. 
But I got a, I got a hunch they prayed out loud. You say, how do you know? Because the prisoners heard them. And could you imagine? I, 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 I was reading something or saw something the other day, and this, this man, young man been in prison for many years. And he said, here's the thing, but two things you hear in prison. He said, you hear screaming, non-stop screaming and hollering, and the door shutting. That's all he said you ever heard. I love this. All of a sudden, down through the hallway, there's, there's Paul up there saying, Dear God, thank you, Lord, for the beating today that you was good to me and kind to us. Thank you, Lord, for the, for the witness. And thank you, Lord, for your power. And them, them prisoners are down there. They're scratching their head and saying, Man, somebody's done lost their mind up the, up the hill. Prison's got to them. Prison's got to them. Something's happened to them. What's wrong with them up there? They're, they're up our pr- He gets worse. Not only did they start praying, but they started praising. They started singing. I, I don't know what they sung, but I got a hunch it might have been amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And all of a sudden, those prisoners up here, they're listening. Man, they have gone off the deep end. Don't crack cocaine down there. They're singing. In the midnight hour, they're praying, they're singing, they're positive. In the midnight hour. It is not going to be. Look this way. You won't do that if all you've got is a complaint before you get to the midnight hour. In the daylight, if all you can do is complain, I promise you, you won't have that in the midnight hour. I promise you that. The Bible says, Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice! Rejoice in the Lord! Always. And again I say, rejoice. Rejoice when the bills are paid. Rejoice when the kids are well. Rejoice when you got an extra dollar or two. Rejoice when the blessings come. Rejoice when the unexpected God shows up. Behold it. If he could just left one word out, I'd be okay. If he just said rejoice in the Lord, I'd be all right. I could handle that. Hey man, how many could handle I could handle that. But it's the next word that kills me. Always. When the finances are tight. When the kids are sick. When you make one step forward and make ten back. What then? And what makes the devil mad more than anything else is when he gets us in our midnight hour and he's beat us and right in the middle of the darkness we start praising God. It tears him up. I don't mind... 
I, I love this. I love this. I was talking to Joe back out the door. He was getting happy. Talking about his salvation. But that ain't what meant something to me. What meant something to me more than anything else is Miss Francis said, Preacher, he does this at home. He does this at home. And the greatest thing she could have said was, He does this at home. Preacher, he just does this at home. What she's saying is this. He ain't a shouting just at church. He ain't a shouting whenever everybody's around. He ain't a praising God whenever, when it's convenient, when it's easy. Praise God. He's a shouting and praising God at the house in the midnight hour. In the midnight hour, do you have a praise? Uh, again, I'm, you cannot change. We're not going to change a midnight hours of our life. I'm, I'm not here to paint up something and tell you, you get saved and everything's going to be, we'll be going to be on the good ship lollipop and we're going to sail into heaven. No, no, we're on the old ship of Zion. She's a battleship. Amen. She's been pinged and knocked and beat. I want you to know, hallelujah, we can, we can get in this thing and we're going to have some midnight hours that comes to our life. I, this is amazing. When I was young man, and, and I'm still young, but younger man, when I was a younger man, I, I was a worry wart. I was a worrier. And I get so frustrated with Darlene because when she, when she passes away, I'm going to put on her tombstone, it'll be all right. If she has not told me that, a blue million times in our lifetime, she hadn't told me once. Honey, it'll be all right. She never worried about nothing. That's the reason why her hair's not as gray, near as gray. It's a little bit gray, but not like mine. I was a worrier. I worried. I worried about everything. And I'd get frustrated with her. I mean, I'd get plumb meaner than a junkyard dog, just like, like some of you, like some of you fellers that you need to quit it. Time to put up your toys and quit being mean or a junkyard dog to that wife. That's extra. I'd get mean and frustrated because I'm over here worrying myself to death and he didn't seem to bother her at all. But I praise God the day came when I, instead of complaining and bellyaching with her, I said, God, let me have a little what she's got. Give me just a little. And he did. And you know what I learned? I just don't worry about a lot of that stuff anymore. That doesn't mean we get everything we want. Most of our bellyaching and complaining is selfishness. We just, we're just, we can't get what we want, do what we want. We're selfish to the core. And we're destroying our entire families and the next generation with our selfishness. We're destroying it. But oh, what a blessed day it was when I said, you know, I can't change the midnight. I can't change. By the way, we still have those times finances get tied. We still have those times we're sick. We still, and, and, and Job said, man born a woman a few days and full of trouble. 
Why do we get fall all pieces when it comes? And so in the midnight hour, I see the response of the captives. They're positive. Some of you, when, we, when I'm done here this morning, you need to bring that sorry, stinking, negative attitude to this altar and leave it. Leave it. You'll never understand how destructive it really is. You'll never understand. I see the response of the captives. I see the response of the criminals. And suddenly, there's a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Some of you want God to do something for you. Bless God, get positive, start playing, start praising, and you'll move heaven. God got excited. I ain't sure what he done, but he got excited and shook the entire jail. The Bible says, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed and everybody run out. Some of you need to go home and read your Bible. Then what happened? The doors was opened, everybody was loosed, but nobody left. The prisoner, the, the guard, everybody felt his presence. Praise God. You want to move God? You want to move heaven? Hey, you want to move heaven in your family? Hey, sir, you want to move heaven in your life? You want to move heaven? Get positive, start praying, and start praising in the midnight hour. God likes that, them doings. I see the power is felt. Everybody said, man, it's a Richter 10 on the, on the earthquake scale. Everybody, and the doors flew open, but nobody. Go, go knock my, my air up one notch. About half of them are freezing on me, amen. After the earthquake, fire. The Lord's not in the fire. And after the fire, still small voice. Praise God. Isaiah said, Thou shalt be visited, the Lord of the hosts, with thunder and with earthquake. Response of the criminal was, Praise God, they felt the presence of God, they felt the power of God. They're not even saved. And because one, two Christians, two real, 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 real Christians in the midnight hour was positive and praying and praising God, a whole jail full of lost people felt His presence and felt His power. I'm thrilled with the next point. This is my last one. I see the reality of the midnight. I see the response at midnight. You're not going to change the midnight hour, but you can't change how you respond. It's time that some Christians, it's time to start right back. We're going to begin the next 24 years tonight together. And it's time for some of you to graduate out of kindergarten and complaining and move into the first grade. And it may not be you're ready to praise God, but start praying. Start getting positive. You can be positive. Here's the reason for the midnight hour. Don't miss this. And the keeper 
of the prison awakened out of his sleep. And seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. See, this prisoner knew something. This prisoner knew that if those prisoners escaped, whatever their punishment was, he would have to take. He knew that he would have to give his life. He said, I ain't going to wait till them to do it. I'll do it myself. Don't miss this. Here's the reason. Number one. The Bible says, Then he called for a light. The darkness needed a light. You know why God's got you in your midnight hour? The darkness needs a light. Did you get that? You know why you're in your midnight hour? The darkness needs a light. You know why, sir, you're facing that midnight hour in your family? Your sons, your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad. The darkness needs a light. That's why you're there. The darkness needs a light. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to be that light because you're not going to move heaven if in the midnight hour all you can do is complain. All you can do is fighting like catching dogs at home in front of the youngins and raising the immortal devil and cussing, slinging and knocking. You're not going to be the light for a lost for your lost family. See, this, this midnight hour may not be for you at all. And I, I really struggle with this. I really do. You pray for me. I'm asking God to help me. Because we say we love our families. We say we love our children. We say we love this. And this morning, I believe with every fiber of my being, God's got a word for every single one of us from that wall to that wall. That includes everybody here. Don't, don't, nobody here is exempt because every single one of us complain too much. I believe this with all my heart. The reason, the reason we're not the light in the darkness because when our midnight hours come, we fall all to pieces. We raise immortal devil. We, we, we act like lost people. And sometimes worse. Sometimes worse. And because of that, those who are in the prison of their sin are not hearing us. Thank you, Jesus, for the midnight hour. I am convinced one of the greatest times I have ever prayed, one of the greatest times was in the midnight hour. He ain't little no more. Elijah was nine months old, and they were he had the, the Wim's tumor, and they had taken the tumor out, and he was going to go through all the things. And we'd been there for several, several days. I was tired. I was worn out. I went to the chapel, and I fell on my face. I said, God, I said, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you for letting us have this little boy as long as you've had him. 
But Lord, if you want him, he is yours. And God, but if you let him live, we'll do our best to show him you. And God, you use him in a great way. And I don't know. I know God don't show up visibly, but I swan if I don't believe. I believe God just breathed right through that place. And I knew that day, no matter what the midnight hour was, he was going to be all right. There's some prisoners in your house. Sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. Family members that are in prison of their sin. And while we're in our midnight hours, they're listening. They're listening to us. And we're complaining about God. And it ain't because we need something. Because we want something. We can't get what we want. So we're acting like a two-year-old in the floor kicking our feet and complaining. And they're watching. And they're saying, my why in God's name? Why in God's name do I want what they have? Daddy's beating on mama all the time. And mama raising devil all the time. Why do I want what they have? And you may not think you, you may not believe this. But them little old youngins right now are watching you and are listening. They're listening. Darkness needed a light. Number two, desperate people need the Lord. Jailers awakened out of his sleep. He's waking out of his sleep. So whatever situation, he said, my God, I'm not going to die. Not only that, he come in and says, sir, what must I do to be saved? When's the last time your children, your family, my God, folks, my God, folks, we're not taking junk with us to heaven, but we take our kids. Are we so selfish and self-centered that all we care about ourselves? God, help us. God, help us. Here he says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Has anybody in your family ever asked you that? Are they coming to you? Paul didn't get this. Just because they were there. Paul got this because while they're in there positive, while they're praying, while they're praising, there's a jailer out there listening to them. And that jailer, that jailer is saying, I ain't never seen anybody like him. I've never seen nobody do that. I wonder what they got. How in the world are they doing that? I wonder when's the last time some of your family 
said, how in the world can they keep coming to church in the midnight hour? How in the world they keep placing God in the midnight hour? Where would they get that song at? In the midnight hour. Where'd they get that song at? And they come and say, Sir, what must I do? And then they got a brand new salvation. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto them the word of the Lord and all that were in the house. And they took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, were baptized, he and all his straight way. When he brought them into his house, he sat and meet before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. This morning, if you're in the midnight hour, I want God's word to encourage you. It might be he has you right there. All my, all my children, my, my son-in-laws to stand up. My grandchildren... All my, all my immediate family. If some of you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. You could have your family stand up. Right here is everything in this world that I'm going to take to heaven with me. Why aren't you standing up? That's it. That's it. That's why I'm going to take heaven with me. All this stuff you're screaming and cussing and fighting and carrying on over. I hate to tell you this, but you're going to leave every bit of it. Every piece of it. I don't care how much you want to take it, you're not. All I'm going to take. Here's what I need you to understand and get a hold of this morning. In the heart of this young man is our next generation. Your grandchildren is standing there. Handsome little boys right there beside of him. Pretty little girls. Hey, your, your grandchildren is standing right there. The next generation is standing right there. Hey, you, you realize your, grand, your next grandchildren is standing right there? Right there. Your next, your grandchildren. Hey, your grandchildren. Jason is sitting right there. There's your, there's your grandchildren. They're right there. The next generation. And if we don't get a hold of this tonight, we don't get a hold of this this morning, you need to understand. It's not about the ones that's standing right here now. It's not about that. It's so much more than that. Right now, if I get negative, if I'm always complaining, if I refuse to pray, if I refuse to praise God in the midnight hour, I will affect the next generation that is standing right here. You can be seated. Tonight, Lord's willing, we'll start 24 years together. I honestly believe with every fiber of my being, as I prepared this, message I literally got under my desk and said oh God please forgive my complaining and bellyaching God forgive me when 
I have a midnight hour to complain. And I said, God, please, give me a praise in the midnight hour. When there ain't nobody around. And when it's the darkest. Because I got some generations that's coming up behind me. That need to know somebody can stand in the midnight hour. When it's the darkest. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved. It don't make no difference in the midnight hour if you can sing good or not. The prisoners down the hallway, God can make it sound like it's a, like it's the greatest orchestra in the world. Those prisoners, you said, what happened? I got a hunch. The the jailer led all of them to Jesus for his own with. Bible don't tell us. This morning. As we began our 24th, hey, I can change your marriage. I can change your marriage. Hey, I can change every family. I can change every marriage right here. There's two things you'll do away with. You drunk your selfishness and you start being positive and praising God and thanking God for that companion. I turn every marriage in this church around. Hey, I turn you around. All you've got to do is junk out negativity. Some of you, that might mean you, can, you can't watch news no more. I don't watch news. I don't. Say, so why do I want to do that? I like my complaint. And I know some of you do. Some of you like that junk. But I'm going to ask you a question. Is your son, daughter, lost? Is your brother, your sister lost? Is your husband or your wife lost? You have a friend that's lost? Is there somebody that desperately needs a light in their darkness? Perhaps this morning, perhaps this morning, a good place for us all to start is just junk. You complain in the midnight hour. You start praying. Praising. Because the darkness of our world needs a light. Some of you on your job this morning, I'm done trying to finish. Some of you on your job, it's dark. It's getting darker. Here's what they need. They need a Christian to walk in and be the light in the darkness. So I'll stand to our feet.